Welcome to Triumph. This is a show about God's love, His peace, His mercy, and certainly His forgiveness for those who have had an abortion experience in their past. We'll talk today about some topics that may be uncomfortable for some. The conversation will be very personal, but it will also be very truthful. My name is Tim Welch. I'm executive director of Bethesda Healing Ministry, a Catholic ministry that's been around the Columbus Diocese for nearly 30 years, dedicated to helping women and men navigate the sometimes stormy waters of healing and reconciliation after an abortion experience. And today, as usual, I'm joined by my best friend and my wife of 42 years today. Yes. Now, this is this is pre-recorded for those of you who don't already know that, but today is 42 years for us. It seems yep. like only yesterday. It's been yes. quite a ride, hasn't it? Yes. So it, the unique nature of this show, I think, is that uh, this is a married couple talking about their abortion experience, and we, we didn't... Um, Certainly didn't plan it this way. <laughs> Certainly didn't think this is the direction our life would take when we first met, like forty-four ish years ago, maybe or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the direction it took, and and there there aren't very many couples who have remained together after an abortion experience. You know, there's there's so many. Um, the the statistics show that that. After about six months, most relationships, by a you know by a large majority, most relationships just die. And mm-hmm. and I just uh, want to thank you for being with me for all these years, and thank you for having your patience and having your faith and your trust in me. That's mm-hmm. uh, you are absolutely the admiration of my life. Thank you very much. You're gonna make me cry. You're going to make me cry. What the heck? I'm the crier in the family. That's you're, true. You're, That's true. You're the strong one. So let's talk about some things. We, you know, I I have this sort of theory that that everything that we do in our life is based to a large extent on trust. And, um, you know, and, and when that trust goes away, we got a real problem, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so... Yes. So and I even boil it down whenever I whenever I'm stopped at a stoplight and I want to turn left mm-hmm. and the person across the street at that stoplight wants to turn left too mm-hmm. and they have their turn signal on I trust they're going to turn left. Yeah. I mean exactly. that's just a pure matter of trust. Right. When I come up to a stop sign and I pull out a, 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 into an intersection and I see somebody coming in the um, sort of perpendicular to me at the at the other stop sign, mm-hmm. I trust that they're going to stop, right? You know, because if I can't trust that, they're just you know we're going to have a big problem, right? Yep. Um, you know, and even boiling down to some some rather um, uh, sort of at a sort of a personal level, you know, I, I don't think there's any uh, secret. I, I think I've shared this on on this show that I that I'm a recovering alcoholic, mm-hmm. you know, and for a large part of our life, I just drank myself to sleep every night. And um, there are times in, in our life, we've never really talked about this, but as usual, we, yeah, we, bring, we bring up things on the radio <laughs> that we never talk about at home. This is so therapeutic for us. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till the next show so I can embarrass you even more. 
So, but I bet there there have been times where I, I'm quite sure that you didn't trust me. I mean, I, I, there just been been times that you know, and maybe it, 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 a simple th- as much a, a simple thing as I promise I'm going to quit drinking tomorrow, dear. You know that yeah. there were times where yeah. you didn't trust that sure. was even close to being true. Sure. Um, but there was a there there was at the same time there was something in you that that had faith that I actually would at some I mean there had yeah. to be something. Yes. Yes. And and so that's that's what I'd like to kind of explore today the difference between trust and and faith and and how that works when it when it comes to the healing process. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about about trust being something that is gained and earned and faith is more bestowed. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Yes. So give me your thoughts on all of that. I, uh, that's sure. That's opening monologue, so now wow. it's your turn. Wow, okay. Um, so trust, um, it, it, heading into um, uh, a program of abortion healing, yeah, you have to have trust that uh, those folks that are, are walking with you through this journey are have your best interest at heart and that they are going to be confidential and supportive and um, maybe even, you know, um, give you suggestions or kind of lead you in a way maybe that if you're, you're heading in a wrong way, let's say maybe you're going, you're obsessing on something or, you know, helping you, work through your anxiety, your denial or whatever. So you, you trust, you build trust in that um, relationship. And, um, and it's, and it's, it's beautiful. It's awesome. It's, it, it, it really is unbelievable. And it's like in a relationship that, that I've never had before because I, I don't think I trusted too many people. I didn't let myself um, be vulnerable enough to to trust somebody else because I I had this secret anyway. You know, I had several secrets, two secrets that I basically that I didn't want anyone to know about. So you can't really trust that you can tell anyone because you don't know you know you you, i don't know if i'm making any sense but well it's let me let me bail you out a little bit it it's uh if i if i may yes go ahead um it's like the first not the the first aa meeting that i walked into i was afraid i was going to see somebody i knew right when they were there for the exact same reason i was right and And that's a big fear seeing somebody that i knew but they were seeing somebody that they knew right so it's not like it Right, and that that's a that's a true sort of, you know, we talked about fear and anxiety and paranoia. I mean, that's a true paranoia. That's, right, it's an unfounded fear. Right, right? I mean, and and that's kind of what keeps somebody that, in my in my view, that's what keeps somebody from uh, not seeking help for an abortion experience because, you know, who am I going to turn to, and when I go to this place. Uh, like you said, what if I see somebody I know? 
well, uh, they're there for the same reason you yeah. are. But it's it's all very irrational, and, and it really is the devil just sitting in your head and um, making you afraid of, of, of trusting, uh, trusting in other folks and trusting in God. So uh, it 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 occurred to me this morning we were we were down by uh, Holy Family just a little bit ago, mm-hmm. and we were delivering diapers, which is you know what we do. Um, but and and we ran across uh, there were a group of five or six uh, sisters, mm-hmm. uh, religious. Yes, uh, they had set up a table behind this fence, and and there were they were doing something. Right. right. I mean, there and there were there were homeless folks kind of walking up to them. Mm-hmm. I immediately had trust that they were doing something good. Yes. And it kind of had everything to do with how they were dressed. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I right, mean, right. So when when we talk about trust and how that is built, you know, what are the components of that? You know, I I have that rule of twelve that I always tell you about, right. and it's more in a sales in a sales uh, context. But, you know, that that people make first impressions on three instances that all three include the, the number 12. One is uh, when they first lay eyes on you at about 12 feet, mm-hmm. you know. The second is how you interact with them at 12 inches. What's the handshake like? What's the, you know, do you have bad breath? Do you have you have you put on cologne with a crop duster that morning? Or is your hand say is your hands shake too hard or too limp? Is it sweaty? All that stuff, and then it's the first twelve words out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So, and all of that is a trust thing, right? I mean, yeah. it can be it's, it's first impressions, but it 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 can be translated into a trust thing. So. Why did I immediately think those sisters were doing something good when I had no idea what they were doing? The 12 feet, you saw that they were all in, a ha- in habits. Yeah, Plus, mean, there was a cop there, too. Well, so. there was a cop there, too. <laughs> that helped, too. Uh, His uniform stood out to yeah, me. Yeah, it did. Like, he was okay. slightly different than the sisters. Yes. Um, but the reason I ask the question is that that we have uh, we live in a world where trust has has been greatly diminished. Sure. I mean we 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 find ourselves uh, having a hard time trusting almost anybody. Yeah. I mean, and 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 by that I mean, and and forgive me, I don't mean to um, uh, insult any of the listening audience, but you know we we can't trust. Blacks would tell you we can't trust the police. Mm-hmm. They don't trust, trust the police at all. Um, there are people uh, who don't trust the church right now, the, right. the establishment of the church, yeah. uh, not the not the um, the Catholicity of it, if you will, but right. not the faith part of it. But so, and and you know, you you you, you kind of it, it's hard to find somebody that you can really trust. Yeah, yeah. So how how do we get in? And back to the healing process, you know, when someone walks into Bethesda, for instance, or mm-hmm. walks into any of the other options they may have for for abortion recovery, um, how do we? How do you build that? I mean, what's what does that look like? Yeah, well, being welcoming, and um, really, it's 
it's not being dour and grief stricken, I think. It's more like being welcoming and joyful that and 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 really praising God that this person has walked in the door because you know that their life is going to change forever and to and in, in, in amazing wonderful ways that they um that this is the bravest thing they've ever done and to come and seek healing and walk down that path um it's it's scary i i i don't I, I never diminish that because I remember walking in that door for the very first time myself and, and how scary that was, but how welcoming everybody was and how they just kind of just swarmed me and embraced me and, and, and immediately welcomed me into the fold, sort of. And it was... It was that was just a just a sudden relief that I can't really describe, but it was so welcome and amazing, and 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 so you just you have to be welcoming and understand and remember. I guess maybe that's the thing you have to remember how you felt when you walked through that door for the first time. Mm-hmm. Is that am I answering? What yeah. kind of what you want? Yeah, and and um, you're awfully good at that. I mean, that's that was good. I I just uh, I need to get a shameless plug in here for this show, though. So it's uh, again, you're listening to Triumph on AM eight twenty. This is a show about God's love and His peace and His mercy for and forgiveness for those who have had an abortion experience in their past. I'm Tim Welsh. I'm executive director of Bethesda Healing Ministries, among other things, and. Um, uh, joined here by my wife, Joe, of 42, 42 years. Yes. That's the longest I've ever done anything. <laughs> be, be alive. Yeah, you bet. Well, I've been alive longer. That's true. That's I've been true. breathing longer than that, but that's, yeah, that's, that's the only yeah. other. Me too. That's the only Me too. other thing. So I, I think, I think what, what we might want to uh, sort of say, I, I, I want to segue into how trust turns into faith. Mm-hmm. Or how trust is interwoven with faith. I mean, because I, but I would like to hear from you what what you would say to those folks that are sort of lacking that trust. That you know, what would you say to someone who just, golly, I don't know if I can trust those people. I don't know if they're going to tell anybody. I don't know if if my mom's going to find out because they're sending me a letter in the mail. I don't know any you know, all that stuff. Yeah that goes through your brain when you're not thinking clearly. Yes. Um, just have faith. Yeah. Got to have trust. I, I mean, I can say it, um, but come and let us show you yeah. how um, just, just that visit will show you how you can kind of start to kind of take down the wall around your heart and trust people and begin to build your faith. And um, maybe even for me, it was repairing my relationship with God 
not repairing it, but building it wasn't, it was, it was very, um, my, my relationship with God was more of a stern father kind of, um, maybe the, maybe you're looking for rejuvenation. Yes. The rejuvenation of your experience. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it, it, I mean, we can say all day long, yeah, it's, you can trust us, but um, I'm living proof that you can walk through that door. Yeah, sure. And, um, I mean, 2011, I think it was, when I finally took the leap. Had your moment of clarity. Had my moment of clarity. <laughs> but it was scary. I mean, it was very scary and 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 you go to one meeting and you think okay i've released that i'm good um but then you keep going back and you keep you know kind of tearing down that wall and peeling back all the layers and and looking at stuff and and as you mature it it is um it just opens up so much of your heart i don't i don't want to sound corny but it just expands your heart so much, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's it's worth a try. For because sure. you've you've built that. You, you've heard me say this before. You built that silo around around your heart, and you you built it sort of brick by brick, you know. Yeah. And and there is there is the the brick that is dishonesty, and there's that brick that is fear, and there's that brick that is anxiety, and there's that brick that's paranoia, and there's and, you, and with and the entire mortar is is uh you know the devil's in the mortar kind of holding it all together and you yeah. build this you you build this over time you build this silo around your heart and it takes time to take each one of those bricks peck away at the mortar yeah. and take each one of those bricks down and and you kind of and I imagine you're still working on some of the bricks i mean oh there, yeah absolutely and, and I think we all will probably. Uh, go to our graves, not having torn down all the bricks in our lives, I suppose. But, yeah. But uh, I did want to. I did want to get to uh, faith because we had an interesting conversation um, about about what it's like to. Can you go through this process without any relationship with God? I mean, we 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 asked that question of ourselves just last night or the night before that we just mm-hmm. can you actually go through this recovery program and a true sort of healing program without a a uh, relationship with God? And and I just wanted to, I I kind of I you know so I go to Miriam Webster you know just to look up the definition of faith and and it's very secular you know it's it's the very first definition is an allegiance to duty or a person you know hmm. and that's kind of weird and then the the other one is fidelity to one's promises sincerity and intentions belief and trust in and loyalty to god um you know belief in the traditional doctrines of a of a religion but but the one that I and and the last one of the last ones is is um, complete trust. But the one that I really uh, believe is is important for us to sort of contemplate is that it 
the the definition reads it's a firm belief in something for which there is no proof Mm, yeah i mean because jesus did not say to the woman that begged to have her daughter cured or the man the centurion that did or even anybody that you hear him use this phrase in the bible he did not say go and sin no more your trust has saved you right <laughs> he says your faith has saved you right right so right. so and he he says to thomas you know blessed are those people who have not seen and believed right because yeah. who could believe that i mean you know you're right. you're You've just spent the last three years with this guy, and he's done miracles, and you're convinced he's the Messiah. And then on a on a Friday afternoon, they put him to death, and then suddenly your apostles are saying, "Hey, we saw him. He was in the upper room." Yeah. How, how in the world can you believe that? Yeah. Outside of faith, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if if um, recovery from the abortion experience is not is not something that does require belief in something uh, a belief in something for which there is no proof yeah i i think you can come into it as without faith without believing in god without having any kind of idea about that i think you can come into it and you can and go go through the manual and and the manual we use right now is it doesn't introduce god until the third chapter so we don't you know it doesn't you don't we don't come in with the bible and 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 preach to people and that's not what it's about but it i think it evolves over time and i think you could have you could have a healing experience without faith but i what happens in the rooms is that it it opens so much of your life unexpectedly sometimes that you the people end up believing in God and having faith because just because of all the the joy and the wonderful things and and the healing that takes place I, I think it's possible, and, and we don't. I mean, we're we're a Catholic organization, and and you know what we do there, we pray, and you know, um, but we have a a participant that isn't Catholic, mm-hmm. and it doesn't put her off at all. I mean, we're not like, you know, we're not over the top with it. People know it's a a faith based organization but um i think you can come into it and kind of accept the the teachings of the program and then you know if you i would say that if you don't believe in god that you could work around it um but the true the the true i think what you're getting at is that the true Healing and reconciliation ultimately needs to have some relationship with God. Right. It yeah. has to has to be surrounded by God. Yes. I mean, you, you just can't 
you can come in and just have trust that these people are going to treat you well and they're going to help you walk through the journey and all that kind of secular stuff. But at the same time, we all know that that reconciliation just can't happen unless unless Jesus is in Oh, yeah, life. yeah. I, mean, I, I firmly believe that. I mean, it's changed me um, in that regard. Um, you know, my like I said before, my relationship was just, um, you know, God was there the whole time um, before I started my healing process, but I never, I never let him in. You know, he was there, uh, but I never let him in because I was afraid that, um, that maybe he was going to be that stern father. Maybe. Yeah. Instead of a friend. Yeah. Instead of, you know, just accepting me. I mean, he chose me. Right. I mean, I didn't choose him. He chose me. And I guess coming to that realization made me accept the fact that, yes, I had been, you know, forgiven in confession, even though I went three times and, <laughs> you know, but just to, to the fact that, that he chose me. Yeah. I mean, this, I, I wasn't, I, I just didn't, you know, appear out of thin air. Um He's known me, and and through healing, you know, I've accepted kind of what the path that I feel he's leading me on, and that's to help other women and men um, heal, at least begin to heal. I don't think it's, there's no past tense. I think so, we continue our whole lives. So as we're coming to the radio station, you read a couple of things to me, and... and sure. um uh, you've shared the the books that we use, the manuals that we use are are all confidential. I I've not read anything, but you occasionally will share stuff with me. You, you read a letter you wrote to God, and I, would you share that uh, mm-hmm. as a close here? Sure. Dear God, it's hard to believe that you could love me as much as you do. Thank you for keeping me on track with my abortion hurt. I've not taken the time to really work on my relationship with you. Thank you for keep keeping bringing me back, showing me the way, and being patient. That's beautiful. Thank Thank you you for sharing that. You've been listening to Triumph. It's a show about God's love and peace and mercy and uh, and healing and forgiveness for those who've had an abortion experience in the past. I'm Tim Welsh. I'm executive director of Bethesda Healing Ministry, and you know, COVID nineteen is is uh, it can cause an awful lot of extraordinary anxiety for those people who are already suffering with some some pre existing sort of anxiety, if you will, because of an abortion experience. And if you happen to be one of those people, just visit us at BethesdaHealing.org and um, uh, give us a call, and we'll take very very good care of you. God bless all of you. Thanks for joining us. So